0: okay we got one for you today we called body snatchers i think there was a movie back in the 90s called body snatchers i don't think that's exactly what i'm talking about i suppose it was a horror movie and people were being stolen i guess they were being alive it's not too not too um, scary to be dead and be snatched, but I'm not sure exactly what that movie was about. I never saw it. I don't see a lot of horror movies, just to tell you the truth. But we're going to talk about real body snatchers. But first, we're a little, talking about a little groundwork here. You know, over the years, surgery, science, and medicine have just gotten better and better. If you think about the difference between 1850 until 1950 and your chances of being helped, in fact, skip being helped, just surviving any surgery have gone up so dramatically. Today, we worry a little bit about the complications of surgery, and certainly those things do happen. Sepsis still happens rarely, but it does happen. An infection gets, uh, gets serious sometimes. But, you know, it used to be your chances of dying if you had surgery were in the majority. If you had any kind of surgery, the most likely outcome was that you would die. But sometimes it was help, sometimes it was good. Now me, I'm a great beneficiary of this improved technology. I've had two hips replaced, and I'm thankful for where we've come on that. Imagine the pain, well, the impossibility of replacing a joint like a hip or a knee without anesthesia. Sitting on an operating table for two or three hours while they cut your bones out and put new ones in and hammer on it like they're making cabinets. Well, it's just impossible. Really nice thing that we have uh, advanced in these things. I read a book. I may have mentioned this, but I read a book called The Butchering Art by Lindsay Fitzherris. It's a book about Joseph Lister. And he was a surgeon when they were just starting to figure out anesthesia. And, of course, before his time, the key to being a good surgeon was being quick and accurate. If somebody's going in to take out your spleen, you would like them to get it done with as quickly as possible. And you probably would not like them to go in and say, whoops, nope, that's a kidney. Where is that spleen? So you want somebody with some expertise. And that takes us to where we're going to get in this story. Anyway, first let me say this about Joseph Lister. Lister was not the first guy to say, ooh, we've got to do something about bad breath. Listerine is antiseptic. It does kill germs. But the whole idea of Lister was to be a great surgeon, and that led him to do some things. Carbolic acid, I believe it was, he figured out, would kill some germs and give you a lot better chance of surviving from surgery. But, you know... It, from the website, <clears throat> Listerine, which was named after Lister, but I don't think there's any connection, brushing can miss a billion germs, and Listerine kills ninety nine percent of bad breath germs. Well, I'm convinced yeah the, the whole idea of germs is where we is where Lister goes, but before that, before you can get excited about being a leading technology surgeon and fighting against germs and making tremendous breakthroughs in that area. Lister had to learn to be a surgeon. And in 1853, this is the time we got Lister alive, Lister goes to the town of Edinburgh. Don't you like that, Edinburgh? That's one of those words I like to say. Edinburgh. Yeah, he went to Edinburgh. It was a rough town, rough place, uh, lots of poverty, lots of law-breaking, From what I understand, in in parts of the town, uh, an average home had 25 people living in it. But the other thing about Edinburgh is it is, at this time, the world leader in surgery. Now think about what we would already talked about, that you need to be quick in your surgery and you need to know what you're doing. The only way to develop that without just watching is to have a cadaver. And so as you might expect, in Edinburgh, they wanted cadavers. There's a funny law in Edinburgh. The only bodies that could be used as cadavers were those who had been hanged murderers. So it's a pretty slow trickle of cadavers. The The only cadavers you get are from people that are convicted of murder and hanged. So those bodies would be used, but as you might expect, anything that requires a resource, somebody figures out a way to supply it. And so we have the development of real body snatchers. They would go out, dig up a body, and sell it to these schools of surgery they were sometimes called resurrectionists now it's kind of a crazy name for them but it makes sense evidently these guys would go out at night be a gang of them and they might dig up as many as six people in a night so they would steal these bodies and sell them to these schools and of course the schools had to be in the in the habit of not asking questions that makes you think of the old used up phrase, dead men tell no tales. Obviously, the cadavers can't turn you in. But also, that developed something called cemetery clubs, where after uh, someone you knew or loved died, you would hold vigil at the cemetery and keep an eye on that grave until, you know, enough time had passed that it wasn't worth it or it might be too difficult to dig the body back up. Anyway, that's an interesting thing to me that that there is this... Great amount of learning and improving in surgery. Uh, this noble cause of improving the science of healthcare and surgery in Edinburgh, and it's coupled with this crazy idea of the illicit job, the illicit practice of stealing bodies out of graves. So you got cadavers. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I just think it's pretty curious and insightful. Hey, read a good book and try something new.